This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, how you doing today? As we discussed in the daily financial news this morning, we are bringing back your favorite guest, Anna Kelly, for our Wednesday sessions. How you doing, Anna? I'm doing great. It's so good to be here. Uh, it's awesome. So we got three exciting topics today. The first one is 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 one that. I often feel when I get that opportunity to talk to new people, we get to inspire them. Uh, I think a lot of times those individuals, right, they have the inkling, they look at us, they see what we have, or they think they know what we have. And they, they have a lot of kind of internal bias, or they, they assume things about our start that are just not true. So let's just talk about some things that people may assume about us now that we're 20 years in this, that they don't appreciate about how we started. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so what, what is one, uh, what is one thing that people get wrong when they, you know, they, they see you speak either virtually or in person and they go up, they, you know, take a picture with you. What, what are some things they assume uh, that's, that just wasn't the case? That I had overnight success or that I came from money and yeah. that they can't do what I did because I must've had some kind of privilege that allowed me to get where I am today. Yeah, that's which that, nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, and let's remind people we're, again. You, you've talked about it plenty of times, but real quick, how how'd you start? So you know, in terms of my my background, I mean, I yeah. had zero financial education or financial help. I grew up in Section Eight housing. My mom was a single mom who was a leasing agent in our apartment complex. Eventually, became a pro- apartment manager. Worked two jobs, you know, and I was the oldest child, so kind of a latchkey kid. Watched all my siblings and really um, had to figure out how do I get out of this cycle of poverty and how do I um, get myself an education and and become successful and have this American dream. Right. And it took many, many, many years to figure it out. Um, And then I, I started real estate investing because I, I recognized that wealthy people had real estate and I wanted to be home with my kids. You know, I had pursued the corporate dream and the American dream, got a great degree, got a great job. And then I had a baby and none of that mattered anymore. I just wanted to be home with my kiddos. And so um, we started real estate to help develop some extra income so that I could leave my corporate job and be home with my children. That's really how I got started. And it was many, many years to get to the point through many ups and downs, lots of struggles, um, the Great Recession, loss of jobs, starting businesses, you know, many, many hurdles till I got to the point where I actually fulfilled the dream of creating true financial freedom and, you know, being able to, to live without a, a corporate job. Yeah. I think you, I think there's a couple of things you highlighted that, that I sense when, when I talk as well, first, they always assume they, they just assume we had piles of money, right? Cause of course, real estate investors all have piles of money and they, you know, you can't, you can't do anything without piles of money and nothing could be further <laughs> from the truth. Right? Uh, right. I mean, the first house, uh, I mean, the first couple of houses, we got where, you know, less than $20,000 were our out-of-pocket expenses. Now, again, that's maybe a lot for some, but I guarantee you it's less money than most people think we started with, right? It's, it's 100%. We started with nothing. 
And then to top it off with nothing, then we had a lot of, you know, school debt, a business startup debt, thought entrepreneurship was the way when we realized the corporate world wasn't the way. And that was a big mistake too. So in 2007, when I got really like, okay, let's start really buying some rental property to help supplement some of the income and the risk we were taking by starting a business. We had, I kid you not, almost $700,000 in business startup debt and and a mortgage. And so we had a negative $700,000 net worth. Not only did we not have money, but we had no money and we owed money. Yeah. Wow. Wow. The other thing I think that's very important is I, I always get the feeling that people think we started on second base as far as knowledge, like, oh, your parents or an yeah. uncle that you were close to, or somebody in your circle, you know, gave you the head start, right? I got to start here. You're starting 50 yards ahead of me. And I'm like, no, nothing could be further from the truth. I, I Nobody in my family uh, to ever talked about real estate, uh, let alone investing. And then lo and behold, I pick a market I've never lived in. I, uh, I had never been to, except one time I drove through it on the way to Yosemite. I mean, I mean, I started with, no network, nothing. And it's just yeah. daily execution. It's just people don't, uh, don't realize that we started knowing nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and for me, the only real benefits that I, that I had, and everybody has some little gleam of a benefit that they don't realize until it's like an aha moment. Right. But my stepmom really encouraged me. Um, you know, her dad told her, if you only do one thing that I get to live to see it, you need to get a degree and you need to become financially independent as a woman. And this was, you know, years ago when women were just starting to really, you know, work like in the very early seventies. And, um, you know, she always told me because of the background that I came out of and the cycle of poverty and abuse and abusive relationships that my mother was in, that you have to get a degree and you have to become financially independent so that no matter whatever happens in your life, if a spouse dies, if a spouse leaves, you can support yourself and be okay. So that was pounded in me and driven in me. And because I saw how difficult it was for a woman to be in a cycle that she couldn't get out of, I, was, I took that and I knew in my core that I had to become financially self-sufficient but that's really all I had from, you know, the financial perspective for my parents. And then don't get into debt, pay your taxes and don't get into credit card debt. Right. So I learned that. Um, but it wasn't really until I got out of college and went through financial advisory training, which Michael, they teach you what to do once you have a whole lot of money, you know, you got a lot of money. Here's how you grow it. Here's how you, you know, create more wealth all through my training and, and degrees, no one ever taught personal budgeting, hmm. personal finance, how to expand your means beyond working and investing in your 401k so that one day you could retire. No one ever taught me that. I just had to kind of figure out if I want to be home with my kids and create extra income and I'm seeing all these flip this house shows on TV and it looked like they were doing it in no time flat, right? <laughs> oh, maybe I could flip a house. I mean, I, I could do that, you know? Yeah. And I just jumped in not knowing anything. And in hindsight, Michael, I did everything wrong, right? Like we got a traditional second mortgage and we hire contractors we didn't know and we didn't know how to anything about houses, but we still went for it because if you have a drive and a dream big enough, you're going to take risks and you're just going to figure it out as you go. And so that ultimately was the right thing to do. 
Yeah. And for me, it was that similar, right? The thing that I could always lean on is that fire that I didn't want to have my daughter go through what, what I lived through, right? That financial, like literally, like we didn't know where food was coming from sometimes. It, it just, yeah. yeah, just, just didn't want to go through that. So that was something I could hold on to for decades. The other thing I think that's pretty interesting is people think, I don't know what it is, it must be social media, but people think it's fast. Now we have to realize that when people are talking about real estate, they may get, Hey, it takes years, like three, four, five years. I'm like, no, I mean, it, it takes eight, nine, 10 years, you know, to, to really get something that's really meaningful and the thing snowballs into to something bigger. Is that, is that something that's fair? A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, most people think by what they see in social media books, you know, all these um, TV shows about real estate that it's um, get rich quick. And there's almost nothing further from the truth. We keep saying that, but it's true because um, it, if you have a lot of money or you have a strong network of people that will believe in you to give you a lot of money to start out, absolutely, it's, it's possible to quickly scale. But generally speaking, um, every real estate deal is a transaction, right? So it takes time to put the transactions together. It takes time to make it worth something. It takes time to you know, take, to make enough money that you can then go and buy the next one. Right. And so it, it's, it's a big factor of your success, whether or not you start with any money. Right. And if you don't, it's going to take longer. It just is because you have to put in so much more time because you lack the money that allows you to buy a whole bunch of deals on scale. Mm -hmm. um, and then also it takes a lot of mistakes. We all make a lot of mistakes that cost money. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to recover from those mistakes and then you know, do it again and, and find more opportunities. And the other thing that, that I think is valuable to people where we are today is economies change. And every 10 years or so, you have a big, you know, elephant event that's a black swan event, right? That, that changes what you think is going to happen. And for me, it was the 0809 crash and the, the Great Recession. I didn't see it coming. And it set us back because we made some decisions thinking the great economy was going to continue, not prepared for when it didn't. And our biggest mistake was we went into too much debt to start a business, right? Mm -hmm. So that took us years to climb out of and years of, can I do this? Do I have what it takes? This is just not going to work. I, I'm going to have to do something for, you know, work forever and give up my dream. And it takes time to build up the, the grit and the determination to say, nothing's going to stop me and I'm going to figure my way out of it until I succeed. And so that takes time to, to develop and, and to realize, um, and it takes years for it to finally really pay off for the vast majority of people. So you just have to commit to the vision and the long game. Yeah. Then there's, there's one word that I occasionally hear. Most people are smart enough not to say it directly to my face, but I know they're thinking it. It is the word lucky. You got lucky. And that one is like nails on a chalkboard to me. I'm like, yes. you have no idea. <laughs> you know, did, have you looked at your market every day for 20 years? No? Okay, I have, right? I mean, there's, yeah. there's did, did you take the financial risk? Did, did you stop buying houses? Because unlike, I, I actually, we, we, Olivia, I shouldn't say I, we, we actually escaped the 08 crash fairly well, as you've read our book, right? We got out of houses and moved to apartments because we couldn't buy the ninth house and they would, they wouldn't cash flow. And you know, so we took a risk, right? We're like, I don't know, right? So I, I hate that word. I, oh, you, you got lucky. Uh, your time, or, or another version is your timing was great, 
I'm like, well, yeah. But here's the thing, and I don't remember who said this, Michael, so I'm not failing to give credit. I just don't remember where I heard it, right? <laughs> but somebody said that luck is where preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. And I think that that's very, very true. So sure. we can see opportunity and, and the rare time you find, and I've never done it, but you find a, a pot of gold buried under your backyard or gold bars in the wall <laughs> of a house, like it hardly ever happens. Now that might be luck, right? Yeah, I might, I might take that one, yeah. Boy, I got real lucky. But for most of us, it's it's being prepared enough that when an opportunity comes, we recognize it and we're able to act on it. So if you don't ever prepare and do the work to get you there, you'll never be able to, to capitalize on that opportunity. There's opportunity abundant around every single one of us that we could call lucky opportunities, but it's what we do with the opportunity that allows us to have success. So it's the preparation yes. that's allowed us to appear to be lucky um, because we were ready when that opportunity came. And mm -hmm. while I, I have a strong faith and I absolutely believe that sometimes things are God's blessing, like, wow, I can't believe that this opportunity came to me. At the same time, I was prepared for that opportunity through many um, years to be able to say, okay, now I'm ready. And sometimes the opportunity comes, but you're not ready for it. So that preparation and the experience and um, you know the years of, of work that you put into being able to take advantage of the opportunity is the only thing that makes us appear to be lucky when yeah. really it's hard work. Yeah, I, have, I, I often talk about the deal of the decade coming around once a year. And it, it's, you're absolutely right. It's the preparation that allows you to identify it, right? Get creative, take, take, a seller's combination of interest, carve it into a win-win opportunity. Uh, and, you know, that's, you know, that's how I got 15 houses owner financed at like 1% or 1.5% or something. Cause we just, we just did a deal between us. So yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's all about preparation. And again, I go back to, have you looked at your market every day for 20 years? Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's that kind of dedication that really gets us there. Exactly. Um, any other kind of key things that you think of, you know, like when people come up to you, they say something they like, they just, they just don't understand where we came from or how the work involved we've put in. Yeah, I think it's because most people think number one, they've, they've seen so many scams. They've seen so many people that, you know, appear to, to have it all. And then they find out that they don't. Right. So there's this um, genuine thought, that they can't trust people. And until mm -hmm. they really get to know you, they think surely it's not as good as it looks, right? Like surely you're making it look better than it is. And that's why it's been really important for me when I share on social media, when we talk, you know, if I'm presenting in a book or, or on the stage somewhere is to make it very clear that this is not a, an easy business. You know, you're not signing up for the easy button that's gonna yeah. make you wealthy. It's not so complicated. Um, it can be, but you can take it in small, easy chunks to where your knowledge grows on, you know, as you go over time. And so it's not extremely complicated. We can teach it, but it's not easy. And yeah. so it's important for me to, for people to understand that this is a slow process to wealth creation, but it's still faster than waiting till you're 65 to retire on your 401k and hoping that you have enough to last your lifetime. You know, it allowed me, even through the years that seemed like they were decades, right, of trying to, to create financial freedom, 
I still was able to retire at age 44, completely financially free. And the 20 years of hard work to get there were all very, very worth it. Yeah, that's what I want people to take. Uh, Again, the 20 years we put in, Olivia and I, again, I retired at 45. So you got me by a year. Congratulations. Um, You know, it it is worth it. It is absolutely worth it. But it is, it's decades in the making. It's decades. Absolutely. So very cool. This is a lot of fun. I look forward to topic number two. Thank you very much. Thank you.